Good morning, church. Grace and peace to you from the Lord Jesus Christ. Welcome to this time of worship at Faith Community United Methodist. Good to be with you this morning. Uh, if you would, please take a moment to fill out the attendance pads that you will find in the racks of each of the pews and pass that along to others uh, who are sitting with you so that they can fill that out as well. As you do that, make sure that you take a look at the uh, insert that has uh, all the announcements on it. There are a number of announcements of things coming up. Uh, there's the uh, garage sale coming up. Uh, there's the festival of sharing, the bags in the narthex to, to fill those. There's a bridal shower coming up for uh, Crystal Hoskins' uh, daughter, so, and a number of other things in the bulletin, so make sure that you take that with you and mark those things on your calendar so that you don't miss out. Today is Coins for Missions Sunday. I know it's not the second Sunday of the month, and usually we do that the second Sunday of the month, but we weren't here uh, last Sunday. We were in the park. We probably should have uh, carried the blue buckets around the park last Sunday, but uh, we didn't think about that in time, so we just set them out this Sunday. So the blue buckets are out in the narthex for your coins. If you have coins with you, just drop those in the blue buckets. That supports a, a number of our local mission projects that, that we support as a church. A couple things on the calendar I want to make sure you're aware of. Uh, one is the handbells. The handbell choir uh, resumes this Wednesday. Uh, handbell rehearsals this Wednesday at 6.15, so all of our ringers, uh, make sure that you're here on Wednesday, and if you haven't rung before but are interested, they're always looking for new ringers, so Wednesday at 6.15 for the handbell choir. And also, next Sunday is our fellowship time in between Sunday school and worship. Down in the fellowship hall, we'll have coffee and refreshments and a time to, to visit for, the, uh, for those who are in Sunday school to gather with people from the other Sunday school class and those who are not in Sunday school to, to come a little bit early and uh, just to have a time of fellowship with the church. So that's uh, 10 o'clock next Sunday morning down in the fellowship hall. We're here this morning to offer God our worship and our praise. I invite you into that spirit of worship. I invite you to stand as you're able for our call to worship. Good morning. Please join with me in the call to worship. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Though an army encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. One thing I asked of the Lord, that will I seek after. I believe that I shall see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Now please join with me in the opening hymn, Immortal, Invisible, God, Only Wise, hymn number 103.
Please be seated. And please join with me in our opening prayer. Eternal God, you bring light out of darkness and hope out of despair. Share your love with us that we may better love each other. Touch our hearts and help our love shine forth in a world hungry to know the light of your love. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Now join with me in the prayer hymn, I Want to Walk as a Child of the Light, hymn number 206.
us take a moment of silence now to offer our individual prayers to God. Let us pray. Shine in our hearts, Lord Jesus. That is our prayer to you this day, Lord, that you would indeed shine your light in our hearts, and not only in our hearts, but in our lives. May we see your glorious presence. May we realize your grace, your mercy, your salvation. May we realize your providence upon us, leading us in a good and righteous path laying out the way before us. Lord, be the light for each step that we take, that all that we do might be uh, according to your will and might be an act of true worship. Lord, even in the darkness of this world, we know that the light has not been overcome, that you are the light. You are the light of life and salvation. And so we pray that not only in our lives, but around this world, that people might see that light that comes from you, that you might turn all hearts back to you, that you might turn this world back to your ways. Lord, in our own small way, we want to be a part of that restoration of, of this place through the lives of this congregation, through the ministries of this church, we pray for your blessing. We pray that we might be able to offer that light to others. Continue to shine in us, Lord. We pray this in Jesus' name as we offer to you now the prayer that he teaches us to pray together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. The ushers come to wait upon us now as we worship God through the giving of our tithes and our offerings.
Please join me in the prayer of dedication. God of light, you gave us your only Son so that we may experience eternal life. We humbly give these offerings as a faithful response to this gift. Money seems so insignificant when compared to your gift of life. Yet we place this money before you as a sacrificial gesture of gratitude. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Please remain standing for the reading of the gospel. Our scripture lesson comes from 1 John. The Word became flesh. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Verse 12, again Jesus spoke to them, saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in the darkness, but will have the light of life. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. joy, shout for joy, make a jubilant noise, singing blessed be the name of the Lord. Shout for joy, shout for joy, let the earth lift its voice, singing blessed be the name of the Lord. Shout for joy, shout for joy, singing blessed be the name of the Lord. Shout for joy, shout for joy, let the earth lift its voice, singing, blessed be the name of the Lord. For this is the day that the Lord has made, I will rejoice and be glad in it. This is the day that was made for praise, I will rejoice. Making a jubilant noise, shout for joy, singing, Blessed be the name of the Lord. Shout for joy, singing, Blessed be the name of the Lord. This is the day. Shout for joy, shout for joy, shout for joy. Let heaven rejoice, let earth be glad, let praise surround the throne. Let praise 
for joy, shout for joy, shout for joy. Oh, shout for joy, joy, singing, blessed be the name of the Lord. Shout for joy, singing, blessed be the name of the Lord. For this is this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. This is the day that was made for praise. I will rejoice, making a jubilant noise. Shout for joy, singing, blessed be the name of the Lord. Shout for joy, sing blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Thank you. You take your seat in the theater. The stage is darkened, nothing to see. When it's time for the show to get started, light. The lights come up on stage. The show has begun. The light is your first signal that things are getting started. Why? Because without the light, you couldn't see what was going on. Lights, camera, action. That's what the director says when it's time to start shooting a, a scene for a film. Always the lights come first. Why? Because if the lights aren't in place, nothing will show up on the film. You need the lights in order for the action to be seen. Here's an interesting paradox, though. If you look directly into the light, you can't see a thing. You need the spotlights in order to see what's on stage, but if you stare straight into the spotlight, you'll be blinded. During the daytime hours, the sun lights up our part of the world, but if you turn your gaze directly at the sun, well, there's a reason parents warn their children never to do that. If you've ever driven up and down Route 380 at night, you know that you need to turn on your brights. But I hope you also know when the, there's a car coming towards you, you need to switch off your lights while they're coming at you. I can't tell you how many times I've been temporarily blinded by someone who didn't understand that. Light illuminates everything around it, whatever it's shining on, so that whatever the light touches can be seen. But light by itself can be blinding. In the beginning, the first thing God created was light. The opening of Genesis des describes a formless void and darkness covering the face of the deep. Then God said, let there be light, and there was light. The stage had been lit. The show had begun. The act of creation would go on from there, but first there had to be light. The opening of John's Gospel echoes the opening of Genesis. 
back to the beginning, back to creation. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. God has turned on the lights. Indeed, God is the light. Everything else stems from there. John 1 talks about the light being the Word of God, and the Word of God being born into the world, the true light coming into the world to give light to everyone, to shine light on everything. And then, finally, in John chapter 8, verse 12, Jesus makes the connection explicit. I am the light of the world, he says of himself. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. This is one of the so-called I am statements of Jesus from the Gospel of John. There are seven such statements in the Gospel of John, seven times when Jesus says, I am, and then uses some metaphor to reveal his divine nature. The fact that John reports seven of these statements is significant. Numbers in John matter. The number seven means perfection. Jesus, in addition to all the other things he says about himself, Jesus is the perfection of humanity, all that God had ever intended, all that God had ever promised. Over the next several weeks, we'll look at what Jesus revealed about himself in all of these I am statements. And today we begin where the Bible begins, where creation begins, where everything begins. Light. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. He says that in John 8:12. But the theme of light and darkness runs throughout the entire gospel. We al- we already saw how the the gospel opens with the word of God who is the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. In John chapter 3, Jesus has a, a conversation with a man named Nicodemus. Nicodemus was a Pharisee and a member of the Jewish council. He had some degree of authority and power. He had a position to protect. But he was also intrigued by Jesus interested enough that that he wanted to talk to Jesus for himself, find out who he was. John tells us he came to Jesus by night. He came to Jesus in the dark, not wanting to be seen by others. He came to Jesus from the dark, from a a clouded mind, from a, a sinful soul, still shrouded and protecting himself. But he came to Jesus because there was something about that light shining in the darkness that attracted him. There are two parts of the Nicodemus story that we tend to focus on. The the part where Jesus talks about the necessity of being born again or born from above. And then the famous verse, John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, so that everyone who believes in him may not perish but have eternal life. The part that we don't always get to in this story is just a few verses after that, where the theme of light and darkness comes up. John 3, 19 through 21. 
Jesus says, and this is the judgment, that light has come into the world, and people love darkness more than light, because their deeds were evil. For all who do evil hate the light and do not come to the light, so that their deeds may not be exposed. But those who do what is true come to the light, so that it might be clearly seen that their deeds have been done in God. It's another five chapters before Jesus says directly, I am the light of the world. But already in chapter 3, we know that Jesus is referring to himself when he says the light has come into the world. Did Nicodemus know it? Probably not yet, although he may come to understand later. The irony, though, is that Jesus speaks these words, people loved darkness more than light, to Nicodemus, who came to Jesus in the dark. But at least Nicodemus was coming to Jesus, who is the light. Those who do what is true come to the light. Nicodemus wasn't quite ready to step out of the dark just yet. He was still trapped by a darkened mind and by sin. But at least he was coming to Jesus. He was beginning to see the light. The words of Jesus to Nicodemus tell us something about the function of that light that Christ brings. Just like a a spotlight directs your attention to what's on the stage, just like the sun allows us to see the world around us, Christ shines a light on our own lives so that we can see the truth of ourselves. The thing is, some people don't want to see the truth about themselves. Someone who breaks into a house to rob it usually does so at night, in the dark, so that they won't be discovered. When the light comes on, it scares them away. So too, Christ shines the light of truth on us, and that can be a scary, threatening thing to someone who isn't willing to confront the truth about themselves. Christ comes and reveals all of our misdeeds, all of our blemishes and imperfections, all of our sin, everything in us that is not the way it ought to be. All of that gets lit up and put on full display by Christ. So someone who doesn't want to deal with that, someone who wants to deny their misdeeds, someone who wants to continue in sin, someone who is comfortable with themselves just the way they are, even if it's not anywhere close to what God wants for them to be, they're going to run from Christ and continue to hide in the dark. For people loved darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. That's the point of Christ being the light of the world. It's a two-edged sword. He shows us the way of God, but in showing us the way of God, he also shines a light on everything that is contrary to God. Just before Jesus said, I am the light of the world, in John 8, 12, in the first 11 verses of that chapter, John tells the story of a woman caught in adultery and a group of men who were ready to stone her to death. You know the story, how Jesus said to the men, let he who is without sin be the first to cast a stone at her, and how they all went away one by one. 
The point of the story, or one of the points, if you will, every story in John has many layers of meaning, but one of the points of that story is that the men who were quick to condemn and punish this woman for her sin, they were turning a blind eye to their own sin. They didn't want to see it. What Jesus did in his interaction with them was to shine a light on their sin, on their own fallen condition. He shone a light on the fact that each one of them deserved the very same punishment that they were about to dish out on her. And therefore, she deserved the very same mercy that they would want extended to themselves. The good news of that story is that the light of Christ got through to them enough that they did not stone the woman to death. The bad news of the story is that they still chose to live in the darkness. They didn't follow Jesus. They didn't welcome the transformation he could bring to their lives. They didn't seek to learn from him and through him to draw closer to God. Instead, they turned and walked away. Having the light shine on them just long enough to call them out on their sin was enough for them to go crawling back into the dark. But for the one who remained in the light, go and sin no more. For the one who didn't run and hide, for the one who stayed at Jesus' feet, for the one who was saved by the encounter, the light of life had come. She now knew the truth of God. She now knew the truth of herself. She was now given the grace and the power to go and live in the light rather than continuing to hide in the darkness. Let me tell you, living your life in such a way that you can be open and honest and proud of who you are is a whole lot more peaceful and joyful and life-giving than having to sneak around in the dark hoping not to get caught. The woman in John 8 had found a whole new way of life illuminated for her by the light of Christ. A light which, sadly, everyone else in the passage walked away from. That is when Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. The light of life. True life. Joyful life. Fulfilling life. Eternal life. That is what is found in the light of Christ. The rest of chapter 8 is a dialogue between Jesus and the Jews, some of whom believed in him, some of whom did not. The dialogue demonstrates what it means to choose the light of Christ and what it means to remain in the dark. And then we come to another story in John chapter 9, another story which illuminates the point even more clearly. It's about a man born blind. The disciples debate, debate why the man was born blind, trying to pin the blame on someone, trying to discern whose sin is at fault. Jesus dismisses their judgments and heals the man's eyes, giving him sight. 
Jesus quite literally brings light into the man's life. But it's not just physical sight that Jesus gives him. It is also insight, spiritual vision, the light of faith. As the drama of the chapter unfolds, the man comes to a deeper and deeper understanding of who Jesus is. When he was first asked who healed him, he said, I don't know. Later in the chapter, he says, he's a prophet. Still later in the chapter, he calls him a man from God. And finally, at the end of the chapter, he confesses his faith in Jesus as the Savior. Jesus gave him not just physical eyes to see the light around him, but spiritual eyes to see the light before him. Jesus, the light of truth, the light of life. While that transformation was going on, the religious people who were opposed to what Jesus was doing sank deeper and deeper into darkness. By the end of the chapter, they are the ones who are blind. Surely we are not blind, are we, they say to Jesus. And the reader knows the answer is yes. Yes, they are blind because they have rejected Jesus. Yes, they are blind because they have chosen falsehood over truth. Yes, they are blind because they have chosen darkness over light. Jesus said to them, if you were blind, you would not have sin. But now that you say we see, your sin remains. That should be a warning. That should be a warning to anyone who is so certain that they are in the right and anyone who disagrees with them is in the wrong. When we focus on our own rightness, the light of our own understanding, when we allow that to turn us against others, that is when we are most in the dark. And the reality is that we are all of us in the dark at times. Because of the sin that pervades this world, every one of us is born into darkness. Just like Nicodemus coming to Jesus under the cover of night, we too stumble around in the dark, not sure where we're going, often tripping and falling. Just like the woman caught in adultery and all of the men who were about to stone her, we too are caught up in our own sins. Just like the man born blind and all of the religious people who thought that they could see clearly, we too have our blind spots. But into that darkness, Into that blindness, into that sin in our lives, Jesus comes and says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Coming as we are from the darkness, that light can be blinding, especially if we look right at it. After all, who could gaze directly upon the holiness of God from the darkness of this world and not be blinded? That's exactly what Jesus is. Jesus is the holiness of God shining in the darkness of this world. But as we remain in that light, allowing our eyes the time to adjust, 
the light of Christ begins to illuminate everything around us. You see, the point was never to sit around staring directly at Jesus. Doing that won't get you any further than sitting around staring at the sun. It's just going to blind you. The point is for the light of Christ to illuminate our world, to see everything around us by the light that He brings. To look at our relationships, at our families, at our jobs, at our hobbies, at our finances, at our leisure, to see it all in the light of Christ. Because apart from the light that Christ shines on us, all of these things could keep us in the dark. But when we allow everything in our lives, everything in our world to be illumined by Christ, who is the light of the world, the light sent from God, then we begin to see things the way God sees them. Then we begin to see one another the way God does. We begin to see ourselves the way God sees us. And that can be a scary thing. There is an awful lot within us that we would prefer to keep hidden. But if we don't get scared off and run back to the darkness, if we stay with Him, if we continue to abide in that light, allowing our eyes to adjust, then it's not just our eyes that will adjust, but our very lives will begin to adjust. And conform. And the light of Christ becomes for us the light of life. May it be so. Amen. Our closing hymn is number 422 in the hymnals, Jesus, thine own victor- thine all-victorious love. I invite you to stand as you're able. Let's sing together.
the light has indeed come into the world, and the darkness cannot overcome it. Go in the light of God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.